This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by your K-Pop Sundays before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Oldar, Min, and JR. Welcome back to our podcast. Today, we will be doing a little update to a season one episode of the podcast, specifically episode 12, K-Pop Research 101, as we don't really research now like how we used to do back then, because it's been a couple of years, <laughs> and we have gotten a lot better over the years about research. So, over time, we have developed some specialities in how we do our research, so none of us research in the exact same way. So that brings us over to today, where we'll be sharing how each of us does our research and how different topics require different methods. So, JR, why don't you start us off? For the most part, Old R and I actually have pretty similar scripting styles, but I will just be presenting mine specifically, and if she has any comments, she can, you know, throw them in if she wants. But I will essentially create a master list for the group. So I start off with a profile for it and the members, and this will include ages, birthplaces, debut and disbandment dates, group colors, greetings, etc. And that's kind of what the first page looks like. Any Namu Wiki, Wikipedia links, all of those will be on the first page just to have kind of like a shorthand way of, you know, pulling information quick if I need it. From there, I will continue my research by breaking it down by year from pre-debut to where they are now. This is done by going into Naver News, typing in the farthest possible date back, sometimes even farther than you would think, just to make sure that nothing is missed, and then making my way forward to current day. So if you've ever looked at my master lists on the episodes that I've researched, you will see that it's somewhat akin to an annotated bibliography, one that you would do in maybe high school or college English classes. I will have the date on the far left, then next to that I will have a short explanation of the content of the source and a link to it, and then below that I will place the information that will need to be cited. So for instance, a direct quote from that source. So I go through hundreds, if not at this point, thousands of articles and glean information, fleshing out the timeline to the absolute greatest degree I can. While I do this, I like to highlight various dates slash sources, whether that be information that I find to be important or something that I want to delve deeper into once I'm done with the initial research. So I have a little shorthand for those two different things. Like for instance, the information that I want to delve deeper into, I'll highlight in hot pink so that I know when I'm going through the master list, like, ah, yes, I wanted to look at this source specifically, read the entire interview and see if I can get anything out of it. Because, you know, these articles have different lengths and sometimes some are longer than others. I will also listen to the group's music as I go along, making notes of the instrumentation, the lyrics, and music videos where applicable, because obviously not every song has a music video. I will also try to find every single live performance, whether that be a music show circuit like Inkigayo, a festival, a radio show live performance. I just want essentially the most detailed history of the group that I can possibly put together. <laughs> And hopefully it will make a complete picture so that I can kind of condense it when I actually go to script. So following the compiling of the sources, which can take as little as a couple of months to I think six months is the longest I've worked on one group, I start to create a story and audible timeline in the form of a script. 
I do my best to present it as unbiased as possible, though, as you may know, I, as well as my co-hosts, do occasionally add opinions, though we try to make this as obvious as possible so that the actual information is not misconstrued, nor our opinions, just so that, you know, we don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, and we also don't want you to misunderstand what we're saying either. So the scripting process can take a bit of time, a couple weeks at best. I try to work a little bit faster than that, but it doesn't always work out that way, but that's okay. Before I then hand it over to Oldar and friend of the show, Saren, to fact check and proofread. Oldar and Saren do the same with their scripts. It's very nice. It's kind of like a little peer review process among us. And that assumes that we don't send it out to any of our other friends. Right. That is true. Because sometimes, it depends on the episode, but sometimes I will send something out to the Idolcast and I'll ask for her opinion Mm. or say, double check me or do you have a source for this? Because I'm looking for something. Because she knows how to get into library stuff. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's always fun whenever I can surprise her of information. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. It is then gone over a few more times just, you know, to make sure everything's polished. And the parts of the script are then divided up between the sunbays slash any of our guests, if there be one on that episode. And that is the final step before we record. That being said, I do want to mention a few places I will look at outside of the primary sources on Naver. Something that can help fill in the gaps, at least depending on how active they are, is member social media accounts. In particular, I want to point out C-Clown because one of the members ended up being a songwriter and he was on a lot of idol music credited as a writer. And he posted every time a song that he worked on came out and he listed like the date, I believe he listed the release date as well as the other writers and the group and stuff like that. So that was a great resource because sometimes that stuff is a little tricky to find. So that was really great. The two main social media sites are Instagram and Twitter, though it kind of gets iffy because people can delete stuff and there can be gaps. But a lot of K-pop idols treat these sites like archives and they can give a very human perspective into the things that are taking place in these timelines that I'm creating. That being said, there's an inherent bias to whatever they post and that needs to be addressed in certain cases for sure. But it's a good resource to have. Another thing I like to look at is lyric video slash websites. While I can read and understand a bit of Korean, it would be impossible for me to take the time to translate discographies for myself. So these are lifesavers when it comes to looking into music. And also I have a great enough grasp of the language that I can be like, okay, this translation looks a little iffy or something like that. So it's not like I'm going into these blind and just taking whatever I can get. Unfortunately, I have yet to find a comprehensive site for Korean music. It's kind of just whatever comes up in the Google search at this point. There's no one archive for Korean music lyrics. However, for Japanese releases, I recently found jpopasia.com, and that was a really great resource because I was really struggling to find some Japanese music that a group had released, and I found it all there, which was great. So yeah, that's kind of my way of doing things. Oldar, again, has a similar process, though it's not the exact same. And so far, it's been working for us. It takes some time, but I think (laughs) we get some quality content out of it. (laughs) I hope you think so, too. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, the main differences between JR and I is that I don't list out birth dates or where people are born unless... It somehow factors into their career, such as with members who are born overseas and come to Korea, or 
members who they grew up in the same neighborhood, they're similar ages, and they came to Seoul together. There's been a couple mm -hmm. cases like that. So unless it has an impact, I tend to leave it alone. That's more of a thing where if you're a fan of this particular person, you would care about those facts. But just explaining the group itself might not be something that would mm -hmm. be interesting. And also, I used J-Pop Asia for a long time since college for HOT. Because for the longest time, they were the only place I knew of that would basically be a cohesive place to find music videos, lyrics, and just listings of their discography. But then Ozzy and I were going through it like two months ago or so. And she's got some of the HOT albums because I don't have any of the physical ones anymore, but she does. So we were going mm -hmm. through the lyrics and comparing to what the lyrics were listed as on the website and we found some inaccuracies. So that made mm -hmm. me very sad. <laughs> I was like, no, I feel yeah. betrayed. And I mean, a lot of these sites are like fan aggregates. So right, right. nobody's really regulating it in that sense. So it's understandable, but I think it's still a pretty good resource if you know what to look out for, which you could say that for any of these. Yeah. Also, I do want to point out, it goes back to your last thing. I just want to quickly mention something. One other thing in regards to having stuff that is quote unquote, like unnecessary information, like I don't think I mentioned birthplaces for the grace specifically. A lot of the information that is in this master list does not make the cut for the scripts. I believe the Grace's master list was around 200 pages. And between the first and second episodes, it's about 30 something pages worth of information. So it ends up getting incredibly condensed because there's just too much information. And, you know, we want to keep it somewhat entertaining. We don't want to just dump on you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of my thought process in that. But yeah. Another thing with our process is that, and I know JR does this too, where we bounce the sources off of each other. Like, mm. okay, so the news says this, Naver says this, YouTube says this, Namawiki says this, and when everybody agrees on something, it's like, okay, we're good. But especially if debut dates, sometimes they will clash and people, because people consider different things as being the correct one. So sometimes you have to use some judgment and try to find what more backs it up, especially with firsthand accounts or if you can see like videos of an event that is super important. Mm -hmm. As mentioned before, my process is very similar to JR's when it comes to putting a document and resources together. So I'm not going to rehash her points. And instead, I'm going to talk about something I do in addition to all of that. And that is networking. I started doing this during season two. It started with talking to other K-pop podcasters, mainly the Idolcast, and then I just went from there. I would reach out to fans who were active and I would ask them to check my information and show them what I was doing. It was also around this time when people started to contact me through my HOT blog to ask for information. Over time, I became introduced to more people and they would share both information I had gathered and my request for information. In the past year especially, this has become more common to the point that I can post a general question on Twitter or to one of the first-gen group chats, and a few weeks later, someone I don't know is handing over a ton of links to sources and starting a conversation with me. Beyond meeting people and exchanging notes, the reason why networking is so crucial to doing research is that it's a good system of checks and balances. Sometimes I have an opinion on a piece of information and someone's response gives me a perspective I wouldn't have had otherwise. 
At other times, it's been super helpful for spreading information in the face of sources being wiped out on wikis, YouTube, company websites, and more. Especially since I've been going deeper into first gen, it helps for me to filter stuff out through people also invested in it before bringing it to Min and JR. So if you're looking to start networking as well, I have some advice specifically for if you're looking to meet K-pop fans in the first gen community. There's two main schools of thought for how to get into the first gen community, but there's really only one correct way to do it. Reach out and say hi. If you don't know where to start looking for people, I frequently engage with people who are in the community and you can find them that way. You can also contact me and I could probably help you because there's been quite a few people who've done that. And I know that there's a bit of gatekeeping to first gen, but if you're not just trying to bring up old drama or tragedy to use as tall tale fodder, you won't be iced out. It also depends on what you're looking for. Are you a collector? Do you restore images? Or are you more of an archivist like me? And I didn't realize it at first, but the more I got into doing research, the more I fell into being an amateur museum studies student. So if you want to be more social in how you do research, networking is a great way to go. Because we've made friends this way. <laughs> this is how we met. Yes. This is how we got set in. That's true. You know, it's really nice to create uh, connections within the K-pop community with like, like-minded individuals because, you know. That's how we met. We wouldn't have yeah. That is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are the result of what Oldar just talked about. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, just as an example, yesterday I had one person just DM me a bunch of links to Hyunjin Young information in English mm -hmm. from back in the early 2010s. The Idol cast and I have been going back and forth on SM history. And sometimes I'll bring up information that she didn't know about and I'm just blowing her mind sometimes, which is fun. <laughs> but then sometimes she'll mention something and I'm like, hand it over. Like, I'm literally a Wild West gunslinger. <laughs> like, hand it over, all your money. Or I'll tie you to train tracks. I kind of <laughs> do that to her. She's gotten used to it. <laughs> but, like, you make these friendships and then you get excited when it's like, oh, you too? Or sometimes when a new release comes out, I'll send it to somebody. I'll be like, this is your thing. Or be like, have you guys seen this yet? Mm -hmm. It's just nice <laughs> to make connections with people. And also, since I've gotten more into the first-gen community, I think I've backed off on slamming Min and JR with HOT stuff. Because it's like, I could do that to them. Or I could just bother the HOT people. And the HOT people <laughs> will have a lot of opinions and will want to do a call together to talk about it. So mm -hmm. they've had a bit of peace since I met my people. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for me. Min, how about you? So I don't really write episodes anymore, at least not full-on episodes by myself. I write like a paragraph or two here and there. <laughs> So I'm not exactly the one that does a lot of research on groups specifically anymore. But in the event that I do that, I love perusing wikias. Though, a very, very big underline here. Take any fan-made information sites with a little grain of salt. Because they're wonderful for getting a baseline of a group's history and finding oddball information tidbits. But the sourcing varies drastically from site to site. Some sites don't source anything ever, while other sites do it now and then. So if you find any information on a fan-made information site, always try to find other sources for these things. Because 
that thing is spread fast. <laughs> but I still love them, especially for when I make discographies or look for new releases or a group's entire discography. So I, for instance, love Asian Vicky, because they've been around since at least 2012 and are a great resource on dramas and TV shows specifically. Both actors who've been in a whole array of shows, but also people who have been working behind the scenes, like writers, crew, and so on. You, They are thorough. <laughs> you can find a lot of stuff there. And as well as the K-pop, K-hip-hop, and K-indie wikis under fandom. They are basically where I go to whenever I need a full discography of a group, because they do get updated regularly. But for more history purposes, their sourcing isn't really that strong. So, again, always find secondary sources or other sources for these things. But <laughs> since I don't really do research for our episodes in the way that old R&JR does, I just kind of stumble upon random things. <laughs> Usually when I find information for them, I just give them more of a headache. <laughs> than anything else. And one of the main things that I enjoy looking at is album descriptions, because you can learn a lot of a group from especially their first album and the album description for it. That is usually where the company tries to sell the group as much as possible. So album descriptions have a lot of info, but they can be very hard to find. In the old Naver music days, it was easier to find album descriptions, but since Neighbor Music is not a thing anymore and has gone over to Vibe, Vibe has some album descriptions, but not all of them are super good. It varies yep. drastically. Mm. <laughs> yes. A lot of it got gutted, which I don't know. It's supposed to be an updated website, so why is it like so much of the information and links are gone? That is weird to me. So it just became useless. Well, it's yeah. got some uses, but what Naver Music did back in the day, that's what I'm using Melon for now. Yeah. Mm. Like, you can still find things, it's just more difficult now. But out of this difficulty, I eventually started looking up physical copies of albums and merch. Because in websites that sells album and merch, you usually get a little transcript of the description or even the inserts in old albums do have a lot of information that can blow you away. Like, it's in, some groups are only pretty pictures. Uh, some groups are like, here is the lore. So for newer releases, it's not really hard to find album descriptions and what all of the inserts are in set albums and stuff. But for older albums, or albums that have been out of print for a while, you'll have to get a little bit more creative. Sites like Yes Asia and CD Japan tend to keep old listings up on their website long after they've gone out of print, but you often won't find these listings using the search bar on the websites themselves. So using the Google command site colon and then insert the website link, and then you have a space, and then your search term will get you the specific listings. Just look up Google commands. You'll find so many things that will make your Googling life so much easier. But using that method is pretty much how I found the legendary Seven perfume from when we did our Seven episode. And for some reason we couldn't find <laughs> it. But, uh, you know, things pop up. <laughs> that was hilarious. We were recording when you found it. And we recorded our reaction. Did we keep that? Did we put it in the I don't know if it's kept in the episode, but we definitely have it. 
Okay. Because that was one of the funniest things. Because I was not expecting it. That's one of the funniest things we've ever done. Yeah, like every time we record something and somebody's, I'm not sure about this, I start frantically searching the internet while recording. <laughs> bad habit. Makes a lot of bad noise, but sometimes I find gems. Yesosha is also pretty ideal because they keep the original product information in its original language on each listing, as well as a translated description, so that it's easy to use the website both with English lettering and Korean or Japanese lettering for different search results. They've been around since the late 90s. They have a vast array of products. Good website. I used them from when I first started getting into K-pop until like like the early 2010s when I kind of stopped collecting. But I always had a great experience. The amount of coupons I ended up getting because I was such a loyal customer. Obviously, we're not sponsored, duh. But <laughs> I just very much love them. <laughs> Since I don't write scripts, I don't have a very uh, well-formatted thing for this. So here are just other miscellaneous tips that will help you with your researching. First up, use multiple search engines. I personally mainly use DuckDuckGo because you can easily swap between regions, like you can toggle on and off the search all regions or search a specific country like Korea, Japan, Norway, and so on. It's very handy and you get a lot of different results. For image searching, or searching with an image, I tend to use both Google and Yandex. Yandex? I don't know. They give similar yet different results, and when it comes to translations, I also use Google and Yandex. For me, Yandex gives slightly better translations, but Google's Translate has a much wider vocabulary, so if something sounds a little bit off, I swap between the two, but I do enjoy Yandex's ease of you can put in images, you can translate whole websites and stuff. For me, it just works easier than... I know Google can do the same thing, but I find Yandex's system of doing it easier for me personally. But again, personal preference. Using different video sites is also key when looking up video footage. YouTube has a lot, but it does not have everything. I personally like to always check bilibili.tv and nicovideo.jp. Those two are usually my go-tos, though searching with English lettering doesn't really get you all the results that you want. You will have to search in either Japanese, Chinese, or Korean on those sites to get the results that you want. Also, a friend of the show, Serin, informed me that Daum, Naver, and Kakao also have video features, and especially people posting videos to their Naver blogs is a super useful feature for people looking into stuff like we do. I personally somehow just completely missed out on that, and I will start looking into those <laughs> as of today. I don't know how I missed it, but I did! So that's why I always ask friends for help. <laughs> a second opinion is usually a good opinion. Also, look up secondhand markets. I love finding albums and whatnot secondhand. You can find a lot on your own local secondhand sites, but also branching out into international ones is very good. You can find a lot on eBay, but eBay will also price gouge you pretty hard on certain items, so looking for Korean, Chinese, or Japanese secondhand sites will be a blessing if you like getting your K-pop merch secondhand. 
If you need help, please, just send me a message. I love tracking down <laughs> odd fan merch. It is fun. <laughs> Finally, we're gonna talk about my main squeeze, my bae, my bestie. That is the Internet Archive, which is a non-profit digital library founded in 1996. Most of you probably know it for the Wayback Machine, or that's at least how I found them. So that's where we're gonna start. The Wayback Machine has archived over 800 billion websites. And how it works is basically you input the URL you're looking for, and if it has been archived, it will show you all the dates that it has snapshots of said website. For newer websites, the snapshots will be a little bit more interactive so that you can actually click on the links inside of the archive. But with older websites, it will be more like just still images of what the website used to look like. This is really helpful when looking up company pages or other web pages that changes out their information regularly or just websites that are defunct because you will encounter a lot of them. <laughs> it's a great resource. But that is not all that the Internet Archives has to offer. They host an absolutely massive collection of text, video, audio, software, and images. And though their search engine is a little bit fiddly to use at first, once you get used to it, you can find so many hidden gems with it. And it's a really great tool for any type of research, not just K-pop related, but literally anything. <laughs> The Internet Archive also has a lot of other projects going, like the Open Library, which is a free online library, and their bookmobile, and they even have a scanning service to help people digitize their print collections. So basically, they want everyone to have this information. <laughs> their mission is to provide universal access to all knowledge, so anyone can upload to the archive and anyone can use the archive. And it's an absolutely amazing resource. And they are a nonprofit, so they don't earn money, but they do need donations to keep going, especially with how things are today. They are great. You should use them more. Please and thank you. Yes, yes. Just want to use a specific example of how the Internet Archive has helped us. That was how I was able to find a lot of sources for K-pop last year, especially because a lot of fan sites had since gone defunct. So that helped me look at them. Because Flash is no longer a thing, that meant that some things were no longer displayed, but it still helped greatly. And then that's also how I found the HOT book. And then it helped me to verify when I was able to get my hands on a physical copy. So it is beyond useful. Yes, yes. To wrap up, doing K-pop research takes a lot of work if you want to do a great job. By just sticking with English language K-pop news sites and wikis, you'll be missing information and more likely to be exposed to fake facts. So if you're interested in doing research on a topic or group that interests you, we hope this tips that we gave in this episode helps you. We also want to bring attention to a guide that I made for visualizing our scripting process. In less than an hour, you can put down some basic info to kickstart your own research process based on what JR described. So the link to the unlisted YouTube video will be in our description. But that's it for today. JR, take it away. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at KpopSumbase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out on September 3rd, 2023. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.